This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Nationwide and their farm certified agents. Where might your farm and home not be protected? Go to nationwide.com slash Andrew for answers to help protect your next. And by Pivot BioProven 40 OS, the nitrogen you need now on seed. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. The word sustainability is used a lot these days. Some companies are even willing to pay you for using certain sustainable practices. This sometimes causes confusion in farm country as we try to keep up with the changing terms, new programs, and the demands of a global food system. On this episode, we sort out some of the key drivers to watch, both domestically and globally, that will impact how and what U.S. farmers grow. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, brought to you by Nationwide. Farming and land ownership comes with its share of liabilities, and you need an insurance company to help protect you. But when it comes down to it, what you really need is an individual who truly understands what you deal with each day and knows how to help you see what you may have overlooked. That's why I've partnered with Nationwide, the number one farm and ranch insurer in the nation. They have farm certified agents. That's right, agents that are specifically trained to handle the needs of farmers. I know there was a lot I'd overlooked, and that's why we've created short videos to help address those key concerns. Just go to nationwide.com slash Andrew. That's nationwide.com slash Andrew, where I host quick shows on important topics to help protect your next. And this week's show brought to you by Pivot Bio. Farmers have faced many challenges regarding nitrogen needs for their corn crop in recent years. The past few seasons, I've been using Pivot Bio Proven 40 to provide my crops with nitrogen when they need it, no matter the weather. Now that predictability is available right on the corn seed, Pivot Bio Proven 40 on seed gives growers even more flexibility with their nitrogen plants. It's the first on-seed nitrogen, and all U.S. corn growers have access to the game-changing technology. Pivot Bio products contain naturally occurring microbes that fix nitrogen from the air and provide it directly to corn plants all season long. I hope you'll learn more. Just contact your local sales rep or go to pivotbio.com. As a farmer, I'm always hearing a lot about sustainability. I think most of us growing crops and livestock like to think we do so sustainably. But what does that really mean? Can you define it? Does it really matter? Polly Ruland helped me sort through some of those questions and provide an important global perspective on how we can be proactive to help our farming operations stay ahead. She is the CEO of the United Soybean Board, and I recently had a chance to hear her speak on some of these issues. So we sat down to talk further about what we need to know. Polly Ruland is the CEO of the United Soybean Board. And Polly, we're going to talk about several things, of course, related to uh, soybean growers and even the larger ag community. I wanted to focus on some comments that you had made in one of our press conferences, actually in New York City, where you and I were about uh, three or four weeks ago, I suppose, talking about sustainability. Let me just begin there. Talk about what sustainability in your mind means to you and a lot of the soybean farmers in the U.S., and then we'll begin to talk about, well, <laughs> how's this fit into this this global uh, narrative that we have? So maybe that's where we should begin today. Sure, that sounds good. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks so much for giving me the opportunity. Uh, in the soybean business, we've been thinking about sustainability for a little while now, but never more than we do today. And that's because there's so much emphasis uh, in society in general 
on sustainability. Now, you asked a great question, and that is, what do soybean farmers think sustainability is? Because I often hear people talk about, well, sustainability doesn't really have a definition, like it's different for everyone. But the truth is, I think it it really does have a definition, and that's a three-pronged definition. And that means that the, the way that we farm can continue in perpetuity environmentally, socially, and economically. And by perpetuity, I mean for as long as society needs food and soil and a planet that is that supports life, somehow uh, farming will be involved. And we can talk about farming technology advances and those kinds of things later, but for the moment, we're thinking about sust- sustainability in those three ways. How do we make our soils, our environment sustainable so that we can be economically sustainable so that our communities can be socially sustainable. And that's kind of the basic line uh, that I draw as far as sustainability. Now, that's a very linear definition. And of course, when I think about it, I hardly ever think in straight lines. Uh, Those three things impact each other in more of a circular fashion. Uh, Without economic sustainability, you're not going to have sustainability, environmental sustainability, Without um, economic sustainability, you're not going to have social sustainability. So they're all interlinked. And that's how our former, our farmers, at least at the United Soybean Bar, are thinking about our role in uh, sustainability in this country and beyond. You opened up by saying, you know, sustainability can mean a lot of different things to a lot of people. So how do you define it? I am curious, though. I think uh, we as farmers, I'm included. I'm a soybean farmer. Um we hear sustainability a lot, and sometimes I think we just begin to tune out because we say, well, I'm already doing a lot of those things. Why does it really matter? I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and do it well. But we keep hearing this over and over again about sustainability. Give some context of why soybean, corn, any type of uh, farmer out here needs to be thinking about sustainability and, and how this is going to be impacting us, not only now, but down the road. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely true what you said that farmers have involved and engaged sustainable practices for as long as there has has been farming. However, I think every farmer also understands that things change, the earth changes, the soil changes, the weather changes, and we have seen uh evidence in many many areas of the United States and the globe where things like weather uh are changing uh and things like soil quality are changing. And so to do the same thing we've always done. Uh, I can't remember. You probably know the quote that says doing uh, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing you've always done and expecting different results. Uh, and so I think as we see and, and farmers are on the ground every day, so no one sees it more more intimately than farmers do, as we see uh, change in weather, as we see change in soil, uh, as we see change in rural communities, Um, As we see change in markets and economics, these are all things that farmers have to understand well enough to respond to and react to, to remain viable long term. So when farmers say, I've always practiced sustainable practices, I don't think there's a, it's a, it's, it's a bipolar answer. I don't think it's either you have or you haven't. I think even if you have, you've got to constantly be adapting to uh, all the changing situations that farmers have to deal with uh, on a on a daily basis to make sure that those three areas of sustainability remain balanced and viable. Uh, so I, I think that's the that's the answer. Is it seems like people say, "Oh, I'm already sustainable. I'm just going to keep doing what I do." That doesn't work really anywhere. 
in the world, just doing the exact same thing you do and expecting to be successful in a different environment, be it business or, uh, or any other system. I took some notes at the, the news conference we were at, and one of the things that you mentioned is sustainability is a social good. And I'm interested in you describing what you mean by that. How is sustainability a, a social good? Yeah, well, I mean, we all want to live on a planet that supports life. Uh, and that may seem like I'm being cynical, but the way that we keep this planet livable for future generations is to increase and improve our sustainability. Um, the planet has ways of, uh, of changing. Weather is one of them that I've mentioned. Uh, we are talking about carbon capture. We're talking about greenhouse gas. We're talking about um, significant weather events increasing. Uh, all of those things uh, mean that whatever farmers do to maintain a livable planet is for the good of all. Uh, and you may, the economist among us may recognize the word free rider, uh, those are people that don't really improve things or pay to have things improved, but enjoy the goods created from the improvement of those things. Most of society uh, are, are free riders in environmental improvement. Uh, in other words, most of us are not doing anything to improve the environment. And in fact, most of us are making the environment worse in lots of ways by you know, driving instead of walking to the store that's a half a mile away, um, by driving in in, uh, in bad air days when we're asked not to, by refusing to recycle and or refusing to invest in systems that allow for uh, sustainable recycling programs globally, et cetera, et cetera, by food waste, et cetera. So almost all of the pl people living on the planet um, are either making very, very small contributions to planetary sustainability or none at all, or are actually extractive to sustainability practices. Farmers are different. Farmers have the opportunity and are taking advantage of making sure that next generation, next generation has a planet we can live on. And so when I call sustainability and I call farming in a sustainable way a social good, it is an investment that farmers make for good, for the good of everyone. And in fact, most of the people that take advantage of that good in society are free riders on that farming investment. Thinking of it as a social good, then perhaps if farmers are out there doing this, and a lot of us have been for quite a while, what are the investments or is there an implied investment that's needed from government, business, consumers to help make this happen or be more robust in, in making this happen? Yeah, I think that's many countries in Europe already um, in, in a lot of ways understand that the investment that society makes or governments make, because really government is society's way of investing in things that do good for all uh, in many ways. At least that's the theory. Uh, so so many in, many governments in Europe already have this, this idea of social good through agriculture. Uh, and I think we do too in this country. Uh, I, I do hear some people who are uh, far away uh, from a cornfield or a soybean field saying things like those darn farmers and the subsidies. Um, well, you know, uh, not only is food security a, a critically important role of government um, feeding its people, but also sustaining its land. So however the investments show themselves, be they through what um, some people might call subsidies or what some people might see as um, 
help when a severe weather event happens to help farmers remain viable or any other investment that society might make in farming uh, is for the social good of both food security, healthy food for all, uh, and a sustainable planet. And, and make, no, make no mistake, food security and healthy food for all are social sustainability um, efforts. In other words, they contribute to the, uh, how society lives on and lives on in a healthy way. You mentioned other countries there, and I believe at that news conference, you mentioned that in some cases, other countries are better at some of this than, than we are. I'm interested in what you see from some of those other countries. And, and obviously, each country is, is its own, and, and it has uniqueness in how it farms and the land and so forth. But are there some lessons we should be learning from some other countries that perhaps we need to be looking at here I really do believe that there are lessons to be learned, but they have to be applied to the, this thing that is the United States. We're a different animal, right? When you have more smallholder farms, when you have a whole bunch of littler farms, it's a lot easier to see um, exactly how your neighbor is doing it, right? And exactly what thing your neighbor is doing that benefits you. I think um, with with our society in the U.S. and with the way we've chosen to govern and 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 have a country and own the country in a democratic and capitalistic way, it might be harder for people who are en masse uh, in the cities to see the social goods that are being done by farmers in the middle of Iowa. So I think some of the lessons that we can learn are, number one, the attitude of farming that everybody should um, should know what we do and should understand it as, you know, kind of as a, a fairness relationship we need to think about how that goes. We need to think about how we reach those people. And I don't just mean by telling our story. I mean by sharing and engaging eaters with farmers in a more um, substantive way so that those folks understand the social goods that farming does for this country on a regular basis. And I think in some cases, smaller countries, it's a lot easier for them to do that with their population than it is a country the size of the U.S. and the complexity of the agricultural business here in the U.S. Uh, so it's even if we learn from other countries, which I think we always can do, we will have to apply that to the just enormous system that we have of agriculture in this country and the enormous benefits that system gives society. We've talked about it several times that a lot of these practices have been going on for quite a while. What do you see on the horizon as far as how farmers then will begin to uh, log, if you will, or take credit for what they're doing and how that information in some cases will travel with the food or the crop that we're growing this is probably happening in a lot of places, even in the U.S., but what do you see down the road as far as how we will uh, be able to kind of take credit for what we do? Yeah, the, the, the soybean farming community is really, we're digging into this, especially the United Soybean Board, because we understand that our end users are telling us more and more frequently, hey, here's what our customers want. Here's what they, uh, the, the American eater wants out of their food, and what they want is sustainability. So our end users, those that use soybeans in all kinds of ways, not just human food, animal feed, but our alternative uses that also in, um, enhance sustainability like plastics and, and um, adhesives and paint. Uh, our end users are saying, hey, for the first time, in a, you know, since we've been talking about sustainability, our customers are willing to pay for this. 
So we need to establish with you as a partner farmer, how are we going to measure this? How are we going to show our, our customers, our consumers, what we are doing as an end use company, a CPG and the like, and how we are partnering with you to make sure those things get done. So those metrics are of greater and greater interest to our customers and our consumers in the soybean business. And we are investing more and more of the farmer dollars to understand those end user needs and to understand what we can do uh, as far as sustainability practices to make ourselves more profitable and to make the end users more profitable because consumers show a willingness to pay for those practices that really uh, exceeds anything we've seen before. How do you see that then happening? Because we have this data and, and consumers and businesses want it. Do we end up driving toward one standard or does each business or company that's procuring food have their own standard or how does this play out, do you think, as we move forward? Yeah, I, I think that's a really interesting question. And we, we happen to be doing a project at United Soybean Board with a myriad other partners that helps us set up a platform whereby farmers can get on the platform and say, here are the, the tactics we're using to en enhance sustainability on our farm. And end users, uh, companies can also get on the platform and say, okay, here are the things that are important to us and our customers. And that effort is actually being not only supported by United Soybean Board and pork producers, um, the pork board and the pork producers, as well as the corn growers in a, in a unique uh, partnership that we developed probably five years ago to deal with sustainability issues. But we went together, Farmers for Soil Health is the name of that partnership, went together with a lot of other partners and got one of these Climate Smart Grants. Now, as you know, Climate Smart Grants the government uh, gave grants to enhance sustainable practices on farm. But the United Soybean Board and our partners are going one step further, and that is how can we make sure that we have the, the communication and the needs assessment and the, and the needs um, procurement communication in one place so that everybody can take advantage of it and can sell what farmers can sell what they're doing and can realize not only maybe a premium for their product, but also extra diverse, uh, diverse revenue streams like carbon credit streams. And end users will have connections with farmers to say, here's what we really want. Here's what we really need. That's an important kind of economic platform or matching platform. But it's also a way that farmers can hear from end users and end users can hear from farmers. Let's say an end user wants some kind of crazy practice that they think improve sustainability, but farmers know isn't really uh, the nut of the challenge. They can have a communication on this platform or through this platform where farmers can say, listen, here's what really moves the needle on my farm and other farms. Uh, would you be willing to pay for that? And so that kind of closer communication, kind of taking the chain that is now linear from a supply side to an end use um, side and bending it so that farmers and end users talk more often about what the actual practice practices are, what the actual needs are. That's a forward looking outcome of the of the Climate Smart Grant that USB and our partners got uh, through the Farmers for Soil Health Partnership. So we're looking further into the future. Yes, we want to pay for cover crops. Yes, we want farmers to realize their investment in sustainable practices, which is only fair. But we also want a platform that we enhance the communication so that once the grant ends, the communication and the ability to fill certain needs of end users with certain practices of farmers lives on. 
I believe something you may have mentioned as as well when I heard you speak was the fact of getting more uh, resources on the ground, so to speak, to help with some of these efforts like cover crop or, or know how to do what we need to do with the data we have. Is that part of it that in some cases we have practices or we have tools, but we just need more help in being able to, to implement them out there on the farm? Yes, we've all seen that that person, one of our neighbors, who has tried cover crops for a year or two and it didn't work and then they never wanted to try it again. You know, farmers in a large part are on their own on their farms. They have people that they can hire to come out and help them. But sometimes when it comes to sustainability practices that may take more than a year or two investment to get up and running or uh, may require some other types of knowledge that farmers don't have, they, the support system for farmers, in my opinion, needs to grow in this country. We used to have a greater support system than we have now, which makes no sense because we have greater needs now from farmers than we ever had before. So part of this Climate Smart grant is working with um, state soybean boards, um, state corn boards to put boots on the ground, expert boots on the ground to help understand how cover crops work from year to year whether they're right for you, because we know that cover cropping is only one of lots and lots of sustainability practices that farmers use all over the country, uh, and helping farmers choose which practices will help their economic sustainability and their environmental sustainability, while actually enhancing their profitability through providing specific end-user products that they have identified as, as needed by their own customer base. As you think about your farmer board and the the many soybean farmers that you meet with, I think a lot of folks are probably pretty progressively minded, but what are the big concerns that you hear from them as we think about this this very large topic of sustainability and doing some of these things? What are the concerns and the barriers and challenges we still have in our way? I think many farmers still see sustainability as a word that means I'm going to be controlled by somebody who's not on my farm. And there is a little bit of a fear that sustainability means I'm losing control uh, of the things that I do. And we just have to make sure that that doesn't come to fruition. We have to make sure that that society, that government, that end users understand that farmers are farming because they're the experts in farming. And, and farming is a complicated business. Farmers have to know a lot about a lot, as you well know. And the, the thought that society kind of feels like, in some cases, they're second-class citizens. In some cases, oh, farmers aren't that smart. It shows that those end users, those customers, just don't understand what farmers do and who they are and how much they have to know to farm, how complicated it is. Listen, I'm not from agriculture. I didn't grow up in agriculture. The reason I've served agriculture in the farming community for, gosh, almost 30 years now, I guess, uh, is because it's it's so fascinating, it's so interesting, it's so important. And those kinds of messages will never get through, I think, if farmers say, hey, I don't even want to listen to anybody else. I'm the farming expert. Y'all just stay off my place and I'll do what I do. We need people who eat. People who eat need people who raise food. And it is a system, not kind of silos. Polly, before we wind up, you mentioned your years of service there working in agriculture. You were with Cattlemen and now over to the Soybean Board, but you announced your retirement as CEO coming up at the end of 2023. I'm just interested in your thoughts looking back at your, your time here at USB. I know that you'll be quick to probably say, well, certainly it's a team effort. There's lots of people working on things, but just looking back at what USB has been able to accomplish uh, during the time that you've been able to work and serve there. I've, I've been so impressed 
um, and happy about the progressive attitude of the farmers that are in charge of USB. You know, we're a farmer directed organization, 77 member farmer board. The way that soybean farmers and the, particularly the leaders at USB think about things in an innovative, willing to change kind of progressive way has impressed me since I came here. Uh, I've had great experiences at USB. We've done a lot of um, organizational building. We've done a lot of changing the organization to be fit for the future. And really the time for someone else to come in and give this organization organization some fresh ideas, some fresh uh, advisory services for the board, the time is really ripe for that right now. I mean, when you think of where the United Soybean Board has come in the last five years from an $80 million organization to a $140 roughly million dollar organization with soybean prices going up due to, in part, some of the products that the Soybean Checkoff has researched and developed over the years, then you realize that this organization needs a strong leader, a good leader, and stands in a very strong, healthy place uh, to move into the future with a board that is one of the most progressive in the business. Well, Lee, I appreciate the time and appreciate uh, your service to USB. Now, it's absolutely my pleasure. I appreciate the invite. Always, always glad to talk to you, Andrew. Thanks for listening to this week's show. Remember, you can follow Farming the Countryside and our daily show, American Countryside, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Just type in Farming the Countryside or American Countryside. I appreciate you joining me. I'm Andrew McRae. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Nationwide and their farm certified agents. Where might your farm and home not be protected? Go to nationwide.com slash Andrew for answers to help protect your next. And by Pivot Bioproven 40 OS, the nitrogen you need now on seed. Learn more at pivotbio.com.